Luke chapter 19, I want to just read verse three verses. This is, in context, this is Palm Sunday. These are the events of that day of Jesus riding into Jerusalem. And I want to begin reading in verse 37. And it says, then, then, how many of you have asked yourself, now what? Now what? Well, verse 37 says, then, then, as Jesus was now drawing near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice. And praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen. Saying, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd, teacher, rebuke your disciples. But he answered and said to them, I tell you. That if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. If they should keep silent, if we should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you and I praise you. That God, that your word speaks to us, meets us right where we are. And that, God, that I pray that in these next few moments, that, God, as you open up our minds and hearts, that, God, that we will not only hear your word, but we will receive the message of your spirit to us, God. That, Lord, that you will encourage us where we need to be encouraged. That you will challenge us in areas that maybe we need to be challenged in. That, God, that you will form us and chisel away in those areas that maybe need to be chiseled out of our lives. God, I pray that, Lord, above all else, that we will exalt and praise the name of Jesus. We magnify you today. We submit ourselves to you and to your word. Meet with us and speak. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. You may be seated this morning. Tina's aunt, um, who's Larry's uh, oldest sister, older sister, passed away. And in preparing for her service, I actually was going through her Bible. And in her Bible, one of her Bibles, she had a journal. And in the back of that journal, the very back page, it was a place where she had written quotes and thoughts and spiritual thoughts and, and sermon notes and all of those kinds of things. And the very back page was a page of sermon notes of where she had heard Tina's dad preach about nine or ten years ago. And I'll be honest, her notes were a little lacking. But she wrote down something that Larry had shared in the sermon that got me very curious and sent me on a quest. And in her notes, she made a note in her sermon notes, I should say brief note, it was she asked her, she made a note to herself and said, go back and look up the guy who discovered that rocks 
began to do some research. And I discovered that whether you realize it or not, that rocks, some rocks, do sing. That there are these types of rocks that, uh, that are called ringing rocks. They're known as sonorous rocks. And, and in fact, that when you look at they're not just in, in certain unique locations, but in fact, I discovered in finding out where all these rocks are found, they are found on every continent except Antarctica. They are found in Pennsylvania here in the United States. It would be one of our closest places and one of the most well-known places. But they're found in Mexico, Australia, East Coast, West Coast of Australia, Scotland, England. Uh, In fact, in terms of England, one of the leading theories is that Stonehenge, if they have done studies, that Stonehenge, actually, those stones will ring and sing. And one of the theories is that perhaps the ancient individuals that put them there We're trying to create music. But England, Sweden, India, China, Namibia, the United Arab Emirates, even the island of Fiji has singing rocks. And when we look at this, and we first, I discovered that they first realized this all the way back in 1885. And they have researched and studied and, and tried to discover. And scientists don't have a lot of answers about the why or the how but they do just understand that, uh, that they do ring or sing. In fact, I watched a, a YouTube video of some individuals in, that, in the Ringing Rock uh, Park up in Pennsylvania that were playing three blind mice on the rocks. It's amazing what things that, uh, uh, that uh, people will come up with and, and, and do. So it got me thinking with regards to this passage in particular. Are the rocks singing out in my place? Will the rocks cry out? They have the ability. Currently, it requires us to hit the rock. What happens if there is no striking of that rock? And all of a sudden, they began to sing out. They began to cry out. There's several things that I want us to look at for just a few moments with regards to this passage, not just about the singing rocks, but I want us to understand about praise. When we talk about praise and we talk about giving God uh, that praise, the first thing that I want us to understand is that God is worthy of loud and joyful praise. Now, I know that we have this conversation sometimes that, You know, that there are moments and and seasons where we just want to experience the quietness of the Lord. And there are appropriate times for that. And as we have shared, we studied this past Wednesday night that in in, in Revelation that declares that there will be 30 minutes of silence in heaven. But the rest of the time and the rest of the scene that we see in heaven is uh, is a declaration and a magnification of God. It is a worship. It is a time of, uh, of celebration. In fact, here in, in, in Luke chapter 19, we see that the crowds have gathered. They've gathered. Jesus is riding in uh, into Jerusalem. And they have uh, the, 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 the atmosphere would have been and was electric because the people were full of anticipation of what was about to happen. They have been eyewitnesses to the ministry of Jesus Christ. They have seen things that no 
anyone in history has seen before. And as Jesus is coming in, they are celebrating him. And they are magnifying him. And it was not something that was a quiet, low-key affair, but it was something that was full of victory. It was full of praise, and it was full of joy. And so I want to, and I want to encourage us that this morning that God is not just worthy of praise, but he is worthy of loud and joyful praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Hosanna. Amen. It's okay to be loud. Doris is going. It's okay. It's good. It's all good. You see, because God created and designed praise to be loud and joyful. And, and one of the things that when we see this, look in Revelation chapter 4 and verse 11. He declares, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. Now, quick show of hands, how many of you have been created? Your hand is not up. We gotta have a conversation. <laughs> All of us have been created. All of us have been made in the image of God. We have all been created, and as such, what Scripture declares is that everything that we are, everything that we have, everything that we experience, guess what? We have to give God praise and credit for it. God created all things. And why did he create all things? He created all things for his glory, for his magnification, for his exaltation. And what we have is that when we understand that all things were created by him and there is nothing, absolutely nothing without him, then the whole reason that we have a world, the reason that we have a universe, the reason that we have life, the reason that we have breath is to do what? Is to give him acknowledgement, to give him praise, and we need to be able to live and function and dwell in that. We are nothing without God. And because we are nothing without God, he is always worthy of that praise. And when we understand that he is worthy of that praise, we have to understand that God's praise and joy go together. So when we talk about loud and joyful praise, we have to understand that praise and joy go together. Look at what Psalm 100 says. Make a joyful shout to the Lord. We can stop right there. Make a joyful shout to the Lord. All the lands. Amen. Make a joyful shout to the Lord. All you lands, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. The very first instruction, the very first thing that we see in Psalm 100 is to make a joyful shout. So when we worship God, we are not to come and say, There are 
too many Christians that have what I call Eeyore praise. <laughs> Y'all know who Eeyore is, right? Eeyore can tell you that he just won a million dollars and it still sound depressing. That's just Eeyore. But God didn't call us to be Eeyore in our praise. We have some that are tiggers that like to bounce and bounce and bounce. And it's okay. That's good. Yeah, and some are figlets and some are rue and some are Winnie the Pooh just looking for the sweetness of God's presence. Y'all didn't know I was going to preach about Winnie the Pooh this morning. sheep of the pasture are so dependent upon the shepherd. They depend and rely and, 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 and look to him. And, and I don't know what it's like to have sheep. I've never owned sheep. But I do own a 70-pound golden retriever. <laughs> and let me tell you what it's like when I walk in the door. I could have been gone 15 minutes. It doesn't matter if it's been 15 minutes or five days. The reaction with Levi is the same. He's bouncing like a kangaroo. He's got that tigger bounce in him. And he is crying. He is rolling over. I mean, he is just beside himself trying to get as close to me as he possibly can. If that means that he's jumping up in the recliner and to get closer because he knows he's not allowed to jump on me. So he does everything else that he can possibly do short of that. So he'll get up on the couch or the recliner and try. If I sit down in the chair, he's like trying to get up in my lap with me. Why? Because he's so excited. He's so exuberant that I'm home. He wants to express that joy with exuberance. And he is not quiet about it. And I believe that we need to have that kind of moment and interaction with our Heavenly Father. That every time we have the chance, we need to be bouncing for joy. We need to be making that joyful shout. And we need to be getting as close to him as we possibly can. Crawling up into the lap of our Heavenly Father and saying, oh... God, I need you. I can't live a moment without you. I need you more than anything else. Oh, as a human, I am—I have failed my, my poor dog too many times to count. Oh, but how wonderful it is that when we are able to exhibit that kind of praise to God, that he has never failed us, he has never left us, he will never desert us, but he is always with us, always faithful, and worthy and deserving of the loudest shout and joy and praise that we could ever give him. Hallelujah! So let us do this right now. Hallelujah! Glory to you, God. We praise your holy name. Draw us closer to you, God. Hallelujah! 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 So not only is our praise to be loud and joyful, but our praise always needs to focus on Jesus. Amen. 
always good to encourage one another. I'm afraid that some of us do better about bragging on one another than we do about bragging on Jesus. He needs to be the focus. Who he is, what he's done, everything, an aspect of that. When we look at verse 38 of, our, of the text, what do the people declare? Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Two statements the people make in this verse. We're going to look at both of them. The first statement that they make is, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. And so what we see is that Jesus is king. Jesus is the king. And if, if he is the king, and he is the king who comes in the name of the Lord, then, of course, he is to be the focus of that. Look at what Psalm 118, and we're going to do a little comparison here. In Psalm 118 and verse 24, it says this, This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Save now, I pray, O Lord, O Lord, I pray, and send now prosperity. Look at verse 26. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you from the house of the Lord. Notice Psalm 118. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. But on in Luke 19 on Palm Sunday, they're declaring this statement from Psalm 118, but they are not declaring it exactly the same, are they? There's one word that has changed. We have gone from blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord to blessed is the king. There was a lot of things they didn't understand when Jesus was riding into Jerusalem. They didn't understand what Messiah really, really meant. They didn't understand what that looked like. They didn't understand what was going to be taking place. They didn't understand... Everything that was unfolding before their eyes. But this is what they did know. They did know that Jesus is king. They knew blessed is not just he, but blessed is the king. And when we recognize that he is king and he is worthy and we need to echo those same words. Look at the second phrase of verse 38. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Sound, does that ring a bell to anyone that's ever been declared about Jesus prior to Luke 19? Let's, let's actually go back. Uh, we're going to look at the New Testament version. Look at Luke chapter 2. In Luke chapter 2, what happened? This is the account of the birth of Christ. Some shepherds are hanging out on the, the hillside, and the angels appear. And in Luke 2.14, this is what they say. They declare the angel's song is, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. Peace, goodwill toward it is here that we realize that there is this connection. At Jesus' birth, the angels are crying out, peace on earth. 
On Palm Sunday, as Jesus is riding into Jerusalem, the people are crying out, peace in heaven. And both are incredibly and wonderfully true. Oh, did they even really understand and realize the significance of what they were shouting and what they were declaring? Because it was more than just about an earthly peace. It was about a spiritual peace that Jesus has come to reconcile all of humanity to a holy God. He has come to take our sins, come to take our failures, come to take all that separates us from a holy God. And he came to reconcile it so that you and I could be able to have peace in our relationship with God. We could have peace in our hearts, peace in our minds. We could have peace in everything in our relationship with him. And so whether they really understood it or not, oh, how incredible it is that Jesus came to declare peace, peace on earth, peace in heaven, peace between us and the, and, and, the, and the holiness of God, us and our unrighteousness and our unholiness. Oh, I want us to be reminded this morning that it's not just with regards to our sin, but if you are facing the storm or the circumstances of your life are causing things to be in upheaval and chaos. Oh, Jesus truly is the peacemaker. He is the prince of peace. He is the one that comes to declare peace in that middle of the storm, just like he did with the disciples. And so whatever you have going on in your life. Do not drown. Do not give up. Do not throw in the towel. Oh, but rather declare in praise. Oh, Jesus, you're the peacemaker. I need you to be the peacemaker once more right now in my heart, in my mind, in my family, in my marriage, in my children, in my job, whatever it may be. Declare Jesus as peacemaker today. Third and final thing that I want us to be reminded of is because of the declaration about the stones, God must be praised. There is no alternative. He must be. And as joyful as we see the scene, there are some who are not filled with joy. The Pharisees, they're the ones that say, you need to rebuke your disciples. Anytime we read the biblical narratives, I don't know anybody sitting in the sound of my voice, either in person or online, that ever says, oh, I'm the Pharisee. No, we don't, we don't do that. We understand and we recognize the fault, the sin, the hypocr hypocritical aspect of their hearts. We, un we understand and see that, and so therefore none of us aspire to be part of the Pharisees. But have we ever been guilty of, quote-unquote, obeying the Pharisees' instruction by rebuking others for their worship. And if we are guilty of rebuking others for their worship in word or in thought, then we need to have a moment
because it's not up to us. It's not up to me. It's not up to you. Because none of us, as the song says, know the cost. None of us know the cost of the oil in someone else's place. And I love Jesus' response. He, he puts the Pharisees in their place. No, I'm not going to rebuke them. Because if they don't worship, stones will cry out in their place. Do we really think about that for just a moment? Do we really believe that? Do we really live that out in the way that we live, speak, and worship? Because what we understand is that God must be praised. And in, in that praise, that praise cannot be given to anyone or anything else. That it is, it, he is in that sense, and I don't mean this in a, I mean, he's a jealous God. That, that he is, he is jealous in the sense that he wants all worship, all praise, all glory to go to him and to not, and not to others. Look at Isaiah, Isaiah 42, verse 8 says, I am the Lord and that is my name. I love that declaration. Give a little name test. I am the Lord. I am the Lord, and that is my name. And my glory I will not give to anyone else. Amen. I will not give praise or allow praise to carved images. Thank you, Lord. And, and, and so we recognize that God's glory and praise, it belongs to him and to him alone. It doesn't mean that we don't cheer for our favorite team. It doesn't mean that we don't get excited when our the, the USA or someone else that we may be rooting for in the Olympics wins something maybe. Or, but it doesn't mean that we don't cheer those things on. But it does mean that the only praise and the only worship and the only adoration that we ever conjure up, it better be directed at the, up to the Lord. That in no way, shape, or form do any of those things that we enjoy ever take the place of worship to God. Because not only is it, does it come to him alone, but we can either choose to praise him now, or we can choose to praise him later. How, whichever way you want to do it, I encourage you and advise you not to do it late, not, not the whole later, any, you know, post-eternity. When you enter into eternity. But what does Philippians chapter 2 tell us in verse 9? For this reason also God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name. So that the name of Jesus, at the name of Jesus every knee will bow. And of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth. I.e. buried. Under the earth, buried or in the pit of hell, if you want to talk geographically where hell might be located, that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. 
here on this side of eternity. Or we can do it later and be separated from God throughout eternity. My hope, my prayer for every single one of us is that we choose Interesting thing about these ringing rocks. Because at first glance of reading the scripture with Jesus, it gives us the idea that there is a quote unquote choice. Either the people are going to worship or the stones are going to cry out. It, and, that, and it's as if, we, if we're not careful, we begin to insinuate or think, well, if the stones cry out, I'm off the hook, right? No. So an interesting thing was discovered in 1965 about these ringing rocks. That when the scientists began to break them apart, as I shared, they, they have no idea why and how, what the mechanism, scientific mechanism is for them doing this. But what they did discover in studying it more closely is that the rocks routinely, when they put them by themselves, the rocks, when they are hit, they only put out this low-frequency sound that cannot be heard by the human ear. But what happens is, the reason that we can hear these ringing rocks normally is because when one rock begins to vibrate and sing, the sound you hear is not the original sound, but it is the sound of the other rocks vibrating off of the original strike. And so what ends up happening is that we see the power of what happens when the rocks get together. We also see the power of what happens when his believers gather together. And that sometimes the worship and sometimes the praising of God is not just about us. It's not just about what we are needing and what we're experiencing, but it is about those that are around us. Because what happens is as we worship God, other people become encouraged, and all of a sudden the world begins to see what happens when there is a collection of believers, a family of believers, a community of faith that are worshiping together, and together now the sound is not just invisible, but it is now audible. Now, let me just take this a step further. It says that, or the scientists say, that a rock by itself cannot, uh, or you don't hear it all by itself. It, it, it's got to ricochet. It's got to impact others, and that becomes the sound that is audible to our ears. And so all of a sudden, I began to think about this. We've read that at the end. Every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Yes. Is it just possible that Jesus' declaration that these, if they stay silent, then the rocks are going to cry out? And that the intention of Jesus is for something that is able to go from inaudible or unable to hear to be able to gather together with others so that others can hear, so that all of a sudden, that through our corporate worship, oh, that all of a sudden when we are together, it doesn't just impact us in the physical realm, but it be able, is able to be translated into a heavenly or spiritual realm. 
so that all of a sudden, when we become together to worship, it's not about us elevating our worship into something that we can hear, like the rocks are, but it goes a whole nother step, a third step, if you would, to we've gone from inaudible to audible, and now that we don't want to just hear it, we want the devil to hear it. The things that we declare, the things that we proclaim, Satan is known as the prince of darkness and the prince of the air. So that all of a sudden we come to this realization that our praise, it's not just about even us coming to encourage one another in praise. That there becomes, hey Josh, come here. Yeah, come here. You're, you're, you're a good guy today, I promise. So that what happens is, is that just like those ringing rocks... I may come in, we come into church, we're both rocks. I am, <laughs> no, I don't think you want that. <laughs> we come in, he's on fire for God. He is all exuberant, he's ready to give God his praise. And here I am, I've had a rough week. I'm discouraged. Depressed, I'm down. I'm here physically, but my heart is halfway checked out. We come in together, all of a sudden, he realizes, oh, Pastor Adam's not feeling good. He's not feeling the Lord today, so I don't want to make him feel uncomfortable. So I'm going to keep my praise a little quiet. And if he allows that to happen, I've influenced him. But what happens if he comes in and declares, God is good no matter what. God is worthy. God is mighty. God is, God is that one that has the answers. And his week hasn't been perfect, but he's come ready to declare the praise to God because in that praise he realizes there's answers. So he comes. Lift your hands, Josh. He's worshiping God. He's praising God. And all of a sudden I'm like, wow, Josh is, he's really worshiping this morning. He's praising the Lord. He's encountering God. But you know what? I know what happened the other day. I know that he had a rough day the other day. You know what? He can worship. I can at least worship because God is worthy. All of a sudden now, the, the inaudible and the silence has become audible, and it begins to move forward. Amen? Drake, come help me. Drake is not the good guy right now. Yeah, I'm looking at what can you say? Drake, Satan, not literally, just for the illustration, okay? He is trying to oppress and depress me. But all of a sudden, 
there has been a contagious praise that has come and has impacted my life because of Josh's faithfulness and his willingness just to say, God, I'm going to worship you no matter what. And in the middle of all of that, guess whose power, guess whose power is always going to be greater? God's. God's power is always greater than Satan's. And so all of a sudden, as much as he may try to influence me, when we come together, guess what happens? Our praise what is it? One puts a thousand to flight, two puts ten thousand to flight. All of a sudden now, it's not just about Josh and I. It's about putting the flight that, you know, Drake, he's covering his, excuse me, Satan is covering his ears. And we are putting him to flight. Go sit down. If you need spiritual breakthrough in your life, begin to praise your way out of the circumstance. Because when we praise, when we praise, hallelujah, thank you, Josh. When we praise, all of a sudden, things begin to be transformed. As the musicians come this morning, I want us to be able to, under, musicians, praise team, I want us to understand how that it is not just about us. And sometimes we may be stronger spiritually than someone that's next to us. Maybe they've had that bad day. Maybe they've had that rough experience. Oh, but now all of a sudden, now all of a sudden, oh, they've come into the house of God. And they've experienced the contagious praise, just like those ringing rocks. And all of a sudden, they begin to feel, they begin to worship, they begin to experience. And when they do, oh, Satan has no choice but to flee at the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. If you would, stand with me this morning. With every hand raised, I want you to begin just declaring the name of Jesus. Begin to declare his name. God, we just exalt you. God, we magnify you. We praise your holy name. We give a joyful shout unto you. We focus all of our praise on you. Oh, we will not allow rocks, stones to cry out in our place. But we will exalt the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise be the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory and honor and praise this morning. If you need the breakthrough.